Let me share with you this morning very briefly, and I will, I will, uh, there are, you know, uh, on Monday the 9th of January, I don't know what time I'm going to I was just meditating, and, and the Lord spoke to my heart these things, and I wrote them down, and I kept them to heart. And the things the Lord spoke to my heart were actually confirmed when we were praying. The Lord said to me that in this year, that teach your people to have a godly worship experience. That's a godly and is full of the Lord's presence. And that as you begin to worship me, you will see tremendous things happen in your midst. It says, in this year, as you worship, you have godly prayer experiences. Void of man, but full of God. It says, as you worship in this year, you have goodly and godly teaching and preaching experience. I mean, it will just be worship. There will be teaching. Amen this morning? And as you worship in this year, and I wrote this down, it says, you have, you have good, godly prayer experience, and lastly, it says, you have godly love and fellowship within the brethren. It will be love without this innovation. True love actually exists where God's, God's presence is. Because where His presence is, His truth is. You can't find hatred where God is. That's why God is a self-existing one and is complete in Himself. God showed love to the Son and to the Spirit and is complete in Himself. Hallelujah. There are certain things that have great implication in the Spirit. That man can do. I said this morning. There are certain things that has great spiritual implication that God has granted man to do. One is prayer. So say prayer. Prayer has great effect to alter the spiritual realm. It says, whatever you bind on earth. That means there's a binding and a loosing. That means for anything to bind men on earth, it has bound them in the spirit realm already. That's what it means. The second thing is praise and joy. 
The third thing is obedience. Obedience changes everything in the spiritual realm. The fourth thing is giving. The things you move by giving. No wonder Isaac told Jacob or Esau. What do you think made God to feed the Holy Ghost this morning? He said to Abraham, because you have done this. He says, you have, you have, you have, you have, you have aligned with the, with the principles of the Spirit. You have understood what my principle of giving means because I gave my son or I will give my son that I might receive all is the principle. It's not in the flesh. It's in the spirit. God promised Abraham many things and, 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 and God said, Abraham, give me thy son, thy only son, whom you love. No one else says, and David did not give God anything that didn't cost him. Nobody who whipped him, it was a choice by understanding. So Abraham, because you have done this, what did he give? So go and bring venison that I might eat. That's why the true believer always gives. Not from what you don't have, from what you have. There are some things you do that test heaven when you give. You know, I said to the Lord, in this year, every, every, every window open to the believer to receive everything we have from you, Lord, will come short in number. The last one I'm going to mention this morning, one of these, is service to the Lord. But let me come to praise. You see, if there's one singular moment in human history that God dwells amongst men is one man prison. When God told me that, He says, because of my presence in your midst, now it will be done with understanding. I will do tremendous things. Why would things change? In fact, hold on this morning. He said, the reason Satan doesn't want men to praise him is that he can continue to destroy the world. Because every time people praise God, the decadence of the world is 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 all over his down. Um, 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 it's, it's with hell. Stops. Let me put that way. It's saying because as God comes upon the earth, the destruction process of the earth, just like salt, involves it from the moment the Lord steps down. And once he leaves, the process starts 
again. And God is saying to us in this year, I want you to worship me. So worship is not first of the song, but worship, worship is first of the understanding and who is being worshipped. Hallelujah. In John chapter 4, Jesus met a woman because this, this, this morning I want to just to help us worship God and, and, and see the heart of God. You know, the woman said, I said, I said, I said, they said that we are meant to worship in Jerusalem. But our father has been worshiping on this mount. Now, when you hear that word worship, let me tell you what it actually means. For you to understand the word in the Bible, find out how the people that it was spoken to understood it. It is their frame of reference that determines what that word actually means, not what English means to us now. The word worship that Jesus used, and, and, and here is what's troubling, he says, the Father is seeking That word true, I will show you what you mean. The word true is not something that is false. No, it's not true. It's an aspect. That word true, I will show you what it means now. Why would God be seeking worshippers? That means there's something worship does to God that makes him come down. Amen. And he says, the God will come when men need not go. To Jerusalem to worship. The Spirit of God Himself will dwell amongst men. And now He does. The word worship is the word prosteneo, and it means this. It means to fall down and to kiss an object of devotion. Have you seen when people go to greet all of them? Remember how old they are? They are all on the floor. How can you worship the Lord and you stand? That word true means those that worship God, how God ought to be worshipped. And how? It means those that both God's men to come and bow down their hearts. Their soul and everything. God says. And God says, He's seeking true worshippers. That means not every worshipper is a true worshipper. But in this year, we'll be true worshippers. In the name of Jesus. In Psalm 22, verse 3, the Bible says, For thou, O Lord, art the Lord, and thou inhabitest the praises of your people. 
there is the word tehillah. It means songs. It means hymns. It means songs rendered to God in public. So it's a public one. So it's a church. That means, that means God comes to comes on the scene when he's worship or praised publicly.
We read from verse 1 through verse 8. And then Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 to Hebrews 6, verse 1 to 4. That's our text. Amen. Amen this morning. Colossians 1, I read, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are Colossae. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, the fight through it, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, what have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is all in the world, and bring it forth fruit as it does also in you, since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye have also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Now, if you think quickly from this scripture, we see that the brethren in the church at Colossae receive the gospel as preached and taught by Epaphras. So Epaphras was the one that actually ministered to them the gospel. As you have learned or as you have been preached to by our beloved Epaphras. Now, where did Epaphras have the gospel from Paul? So Paul preached to Epaphras Epaphras preached to the people where at where? Colossae. So for one person, the truth of the gospel went to multiple persons. But see what it said here, that showed evidence that the gospel message had registered in their hearts. It says, we heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and it showed in what? Your love. So how, how was Paul convinced that they were born again or they had truly repented? Amen? Is that there was an evidence of what? Of love. That is everyone who is truly born again will definitely love the brethren. Amen? So the love. Love is a test quotient of an act of repentance. So when a man truly repents and truly believes in Christ, something will definitely be evident. Praise God. And what is evident is not going to church. No. It says you love the kind of love that God has for everyone on earth. So one of the things that we see in, in becoming a believer is repentance and when men repent, we see men loving the brethren and they're talking about faith. 
he says that I will also see your love from the Spirit. Now, if, if you read that word in the Spirit, that's what is for or by. Amen. That means as you love the brethren, you also love the Holy Spirit. Amen. There must be a progressive love for God's people. That means you always be eager to be amongst God's children. How many of you feel every Sunday you're always longing to come to church? I feel so. Not because I just want to. I love God's children. In fact, if you get to the point that Anyone on the street that declares I'm a child of God and God's Spirit, you know, testifies in my heart. I have the love for the person. Amen this morning. One thing that manifests is love. Not just love for people, love for the Holy Spirit. And if you love the Holy Spirit, you will strive to live holy. Do you see that? You know, if you love someone, you want to hurt the person. And the Holy Spirit is called holy because all his manifestations are holy. And so if you love the Holy Spirit, if you are truly born again, you are truly saved, you are truly repented, you love the Spirit. And if you love the Spirit, you love holy things. You love to do, to live holy lives. You will not seek to lie. Children, are you hearing me? You know, some days come on to children. Children, they lie a lot. Now, lying means you say things that are not true. It's okay? Where are you? Uh, mommy, I'm just... The eyes of your head sees me, I'm not doing anything. And you are doing something, and you laugh. No. A child of God does not. I repeat. Look. Sit well. Good. That's how a child of God sits. A child of God does not what? So if you lie, what should be done to you? To punish you. Eh? That's what? So you face the consequences. So mommy. So come to mommy. Don't don't do that. Say, mommy, give me consequence. <laughs> <laughs> so when you are born again, there must be an attendant fruit. Do no. you see that? Now, come to Hebrews 5. Please, listen carefully this morning. Because this is the heritage of the church. This is the expectation of God for a Christian. For when, now, this presupposes that they come to know Christ for a long time. For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers. Wow. That means God expects you, Amaka, at a point in time to begin to teach. And if you're going to start teaching, then you yourself must be a good student. 
For every professor was once a student. In fact, in class, in those in school, anyone that's very bright, the professor will be telling them, I think coming back for masters. They never tell anybody that's in top class who will tell you on the master. They don't ask you how you do after school, they'll just tell you it's work. <laughs> but the ones who are in good two ones, you know, there are two ones and there are two ones. And first class, I don't know what to do. They were asking, two of us. They were asking you, when are you doing your. Because you are, you are supposed to, be, to become a master in Praise God. Because you are showing the traces that somehow you'll be a good teacher. Because you are, you are being a good student. If you take the note, that the word that, that the Bible used in Matthew 38, go to the whole world and make what? Disciples of all. That word disciple is not disciple in, in, in the Greek. It's the word student. Matthew. That's what it's good to read in context of the enemies that. It says go and make students. Because when we go and get born again, it means we are becoming students of the Lord. The word teaching them is the word enroll. That, that's what you want. It means put them in the school. So we are coming in the school of Christ. And the school of Christ, we are supposed to want to learn. So to learn. So to learn. Hallelujah. So we see here. The time of the teachers, you have needs that won't teach you again. This is from a heart of pain. It's like, you know, how do you feel comfortable when your child is not meeting up in class? You know, you're not happy. You start looking for extra. Amen. So when God says, for the time you ought, He said that there's a pain in the heart of God that He's wasting time. On you, the energy that we should use by the time you ought to be teaching others, we are still here teaching you. When the, when God is not to be advancing to you, we are still battling to get you on your feet. How long will you be at this state? So you want a being of joy. So everybody's morning. But this, we will do it again and make sure this last time you get it. So the will of God for you is to be teachers. So that through you and I, the gospel of Jesus, the good news of God will spread. So the spread. So the spread. Say for more time. Alright. And I become so I have need of milk. And not of strong meat. Wow. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful. That means God wants you to be skillful. You want to be skillful? You are able to take words from different parts of the Bible to explain who Jesus is. Not my pastor said Jesus is Lord, therefore Jesus is Lord. How is he Lord? You are able to trace his lordship from Genesis through Revelation. And it's not difficult for you to know. God wants everyone skillful. 
C'est ce qu'il faut. C'est ce qu'il faut. Paul told Timothy, in 2 2, verse 15, he said, study to show yourselves approved unto God. You see, the problem is that the church doesn't know that we are accountable to God. God is the one that will approve of our knowledge. He marks our scripts. He wants to test our understanding of Him. And therefore, you have an obligation as a believer to put yourself into God's word to understand it. So that, as Peter said in verse Peter 3.15, he said, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. There's a place of dancing. There's a place of standing as an army. There are two sorts to hold. One to build, one to fight. If you are fighting without building, what will you do right when you finish fighting? If you are going to build without fighting, before you start building, the enemy will have destroyed you. So there's a balancing. He says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready. Just be ready. Wow. That means it's not in the time of battle that is happening for war. You are ready with your answers. Sometimes it's in your head. You know, let me give you this. A few days ago, I woke up my heart, the Lord, because I want to worship you, help me put scriptures of worship in my head. So I sat down. Colossians 1. From verse 9. In fact, when I look at verse 9, I said, no. From verse 8. Verse 8. Mm-hmm. Verse 3, they are all the same. But let's start from verse 9. Amen? Amen. You know what it says? For this cause, since the day we heard of it, did not cease to pray and make requests for you, that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and what? Spiritual understanding. That ye may walk what? Worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Amen this morning? Being fulfilled in every good work and increasing what? In the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with how many might? All might. In all perseverance. In all patience. And what? In all long suffering. Giving thanks always to the Father. Who has made us meet to what? Partakers of his inheritance in the saints in light. Who has what? Moved us or what? Tell us from the of what? Of darkness to the of what? His yes or In whom we have what? Redemption through his blood what? The forgiveness of sin. Who is the image of the invisible God? The father from all creatures. For by him all things were made either visible or invisible or first. But in heaven or on earth. Visible or invisible. The betrothals or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were made by him and for him. And it was from the beginning for all things. And all things were made by him. But please the Father. And in him all goodness shall dwell. Sounds in there? That's called the spiritual exercise. You must begin to do that consciously. So when you come to the place where you need the truth, you won't start looking for it. It's already there. And that's what it means to, to sanctify 
God, to honor God in your life. That is value God and worship Him. And 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 then from the point that you are willing to obey Him and have the prerequisite tools to preach Him. Some to preach Him. The time you ought to be teachers, you need one again to teach you. Now, God forbid. For everyone who cannot feed, no, give me. In King James, quickly. Thank you. For everyone that you have made is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he said, What? He's a dead. Now, see what it means. Anyone who is not skillful in the Bible is a what? Is a what? So, church, in your heart, are you a baby or you are mature? Now, you start judging yourself. Because if you are a baby, it means God wants you to step up. And now, let me say it again. Because you are hearing me. Let's start judging ourselves. If you are not skillful, in the word of righteousness, are you a babe or not? So in your heart now, what are you? So I say, yeah, I'm a babe. Righteous assessment. Now if you're a babe, that's the start point for you to begin the word. To study as a student of the word. Because in this year, the victory that we're going to gain in the Lord will come by the word. Let's go this morning. He said, but show me belonging to them that are foolish. Even those who are who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. 6 1. Therefore, for the therefore. Leaving the principles, not the principles. Principles means ABC. Oh my God. That means this one. Every believer must know how to explain it from A. If you don't know it, the church just should be locked against you after three months. We shall put in people of 40 years in church to kindergarten. I think they want to give me a word. But this is what the church is full of. And that's why the church is weak. And that's why the church is easily deceived. And that's why you have people who are not effective and effectual in the word of God. You see. The standard of the church is the Bible, and God's standard cannot be altered and cannot be changed. God says, Leave it therefore, the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So the doctrine of Christ. That means they are doctrines of Christ. And they are the principal ones, the, the fundamental ones that everyone should know. God says, Let's go on to perfection. Now that means there are many things to do. But you can't jump to those ones without understanding these ones. So if I judge those ones so much, without this being understood, then we are building a what? Wrong foundation. The first thing is, not then again, the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and labor of hands and of of the dead and eternal judgment. So these are the six foundational doctrines that everyone must know and keep to heart. So last Sunday, we discussed the first one, repentance from dead works. And we said that the concept of this teaching is to bring us to the point where we know the process by which people get born again.
and the things that we see that was accomplished everyone who is saved. Hallelujah. That is at a point in time in your life when you got born again, you repented. Amen. You put faith in God. Amen. Amen. Hands were laid on you. Baptism was preached to you and you participated. You were told that there's also there's another word from the dead. You were taught. And you must believe it. And lastly, there's what? There's eternal or final judgment. This serves as the foundation that keeps you from the philosophy, from the deception of Satan from the world. Let me say this morning. When you find anyone in this earth who wants to continue to live in sin, they hate to hear that there's resurrection. They hate to hear there's judgment. The moment you lock out judgment of God, or that the dead will rise, you open up yourself to freedom and license to what? To sin. And that's why anyone who sins, they don't want to push away people that preach Christ, that talk about that life doesn't end here, that is a judgment to face. They say, no, how do you know the judgment? They start looking for everything to debunk the fact of judgment. Where well, those of us who should know that there is judgment, those are the facts that support eternal judgment. So the first thing here that you must know is this. The thought process that God calls men to in the gospel is what? Repentance. Also repentance. So there's the preaching of repentance that every church member must know. Now, show me our tools this morning. Show me our tools this morning. Alright. This watch this morning. You know, we had our stop last, last, last Sunday. This is a toolbox. But this toolbox is what? It's empty. And if a, if a toolbox is empty, that means it's useless. It is just a container. But what makes the toolbox vulnerable is when there are sufficient tools inside and give us. Now look at this toolbox. It has every component. It has everything you require to fix things when they go wrong. So the carrier of this toolbox will be more confident to face life than a carrier of somebody who doesn't have the toolbox. You know, if you are traveling and you don't have prayer, your mind is never at ease as you are praying, as you are going. Even if a rat cries on the street, you think that your tire has been really because you have. As you are going, you see someone that is changing tire. Suddenly you say, I'm going too fast. Let me go at 40. So I don't mind too much pressure on the tire. But guess what? Nobody knows. So if they ask you, why are you going too slow? I just feel so. No. It's because you have in your mind that you are not well equipped. Anytime you find believers who are not equipped, they are also afraid to preach the gospel. The reason you find the church or even the church feeling afraid to preach, you know the reason? They are not equipped. Propose. Yes, you know it's true. So why go to grace yourself? But God hasn't called you to 
He has told you to be taught. That once you are taught, you are armed. And when you are armed, you are fully armed to the feet. So every one of us must learn. Next. Next slide. Put this money as a rock. Next one. Very quickly. Very quickly. You look at this. This is a vision. Now, you're going to show me. You see, this one supposed to be a spent cartridge. When a cartridge is spent, there's nothing inside. An empty gun threatens no one. Do you know that? When you carry a gun and in a gun, there's no bullet. You know, say you're afraid. That's why when they're fighting war and they're going down in ammo, they start to work to rethink. Let's start saving ammo before we finish. Because once it didn't go down, we are. I sent you one myself. Is that one there? The one that is in a full magazine. Where is it loaded? Please show me that one. You know, sorry, next one. Ah, you know, this one. This one is Okay, you have that one. Oh. Okay. My phone is not here. Have you seen machine guns where the bullets are is long from here to over? They keep you see them. They keep shooting. Yeah. They don't stop. For one hour, they will shoot, kill everything, kill animals and kill trees. Have you seen it? When the man stops for a moment, you see smoke. His head is smoking. His eyes are ganja. He's waiting for this to come up. If a bear jumps, you think for me. Because there's enough ammunition to dispense. The reason David could face Goliath was because he has tested and proven the power of God when no one was present. But the issue is in the church today, we are not equipped with the accurate truth about the gospel. And this morning, as we go in this series, please pay attention. This is your ammo for the gospel. As we go to preach, the first thing we are called to do is to call men to repentance. Having shown them the love of God, God says, I command men to repent. And guess what? You don't beg people to repent. When God has taught their heart by the gospel, they of the only accord, Lord, will repent. And when they repent, there will be tangible fruit of repentance. I said to us last Sunday, Judas repented. But the word used for his repentance is not the same. It's almost remorse. You know remorse? Remorse is what he feels sorry. He just feels, he feels bad that he has been caught in wrong way. And then he starts crying. No, remorse is not repentance. Judas repented and went to commit suicide. But true repentance leads to what? Righteousness. Like Paul said, 
when we heard of your faith and your love. So the first thing that we are we are to let men know is that there's the doctrine of repentance and turning to God. Now, when it comes to repentance, let nobody come to you and say, I'm a good person. You see, no one is good. Every man will proclaim his own goodness. But before God, the Bible says, all our righteousness is like what? Feel the rats. So no one is truly righteous compared to God's righteousness. And therefore, the only means by which we can come to God is by the grace of God Himself. And so, in repentance, God calls men to turn to Him. So when anyone is coming to Christ, the thing He does is that first He repents. Now, do you know sometimes when you are repenting, sometimes you know. In fact, most times you don't because it's a conscious act. You tell them to what? To repent from what? From what they used to do and consciously turn to a new life. Amen this morning. So see that the first thing is the message of repentance. This morning quickly, the next is unfair toward God. Now this presupposes that in order to be born again, you must turn to God. You must repent him to the pastor. You must turn him to the church. You are turning to God. And this is very important. Now, the word faith there is the word peace. And faith also means placing your hope. Pledging your life. Speaking everything genuinely from your heart to God for salvation. Amen? The word peace means conviction. And this must happen. You must point men to the sovereign Lord alone. Not from any act. You know, sometimes people all want to justify themselves as being good. You know, as as having been in church all their lives, therefore they are blessed. No. In order to be saved, there must be faith toward God. So it is the faith we show toward God that guarantees our Lord our salvation is the token by which men are saved. So faith must be placed in God. The word faith is the word to believe. Is the word to accept genuinely from your heart. For ye thou shall believe in the Lord Jesus. But God, and God will be dead, you shall be saved. There must be a believing. And it is not for you to force them to believe. It is God that gives them the faith. How to preach the word. No believer believes. It is God that gives the faith. Your assignment is to preach the gospel from repentance. Acts 17.30 God commands all men henceforth 
So if there's one plan from God for salvation, is that men will not repent. But the faith in God comes when a man has fully understood and the grace of God is being given. You don't give that grace. You only present it. It is God that works in the heart of the people. Your assignment is not to convince them. Your assignment is to proclaim. Say amen. The convictor is the Holy Spirit. In John 17, right, John 16, from verse 7, Jesus said, It is good that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come. Now we have the helper. Amen. You know, a few months ago, I preached to two persons. The two of them were guards of my neighbors. And I cannot have Jesus and they are close to me and I don't present them. In any case, they can't resist me. So I called them together and I preached to them. I showed them the gospel. And they seemingly both got convinced and seemingly gave their life to Christ the same day. So I began to pull them up. But the following day, one of the said, I am a Muslim. I can't follow Christ like you said. If I follow Christ, my family will disown me. The second one came and said, Pastor, what next thing should I do as a Christian? Three days ago, he came to my house. We have meetings full of it. He wants to follow me up. He said, Pastor, I want to come to church, but my own are not Christians. I said, No, don't worry. Don't push it down that road. You begin to grow. When you go to the point where you start your life, they start asking you. When I called him to come and tell me what he gave the book of, of Colossians, he was quoting scriptures. He said, They are both from the other one. He has been read scriptures in every chapter. And I was telling me, I was feeling goosebumps. I said, oh, 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 oh. I said, You are preaching to me. I said, You don't preach to me, it's okay. I said, This is good. But much more than this, you must have to read it. Yes, sir. They both knelt down. They both. The following day, one went back, the other kept going. Repentance is not what you say. It's what happens after what you say. It is not the preacher that tells who he says. It is the Lord. Ours is to present the gospel effectually and trust the Lord to work on them subsequently. Amen? So faith is when men talk toward God with all their heart, relying on Him absolutely to keep them from falling till He comes back again. That's faith. But this faith is not produced by any human being. Man, this faith can't be produced. This faith is only given 
by God. If God doesn't give it, no man can act it. So we are not called to give it. We are called to proclaim the word that stimulates faith. Faith toward God. It means this faith, this act of belief, must be toward God and not to anything else. Sometimes it can be faith toward a strange deity. You're supposed to say I'm born again. Are you born again? Don't tell that in the face of what you have been born again. Let's see this. It depends on what do you mean? They start going diabolic. They start going new age. That 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 I connect. Have you heard before? That that I connect with the spirit. That my soul is being liberated by who? By the by the first cause. By by the transcendent force. It's actually a big word. And if you don't know you think it's God, no. The simple message is that this faith is what toward who? The word toward means facing as touching the God of heaven. The God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Any faith or any other being is not the faith that gets you accepted as a Christian. You can't define your own born again answer the biblical definition of born again. In our own born again, every way leads to God. It depends on what you know. No, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and what? The life. You must know the exclusivity of salvation. In fact, today, the way the world is going, many believers have to consider that's only dropping because they've not been grounded in this truth of Jesus being the way. No sweet talk, no other process can get any man to God apart from the way of Jesus. You can argue with all you want, you can't change that fact. And that must be your position. So the faith must be toward God. And this kind of faith only comes as a gift. That's why for everyone who is born again, you have received a gift. Wow. You know, sometimes when I walk around, I see people who are quite who are quite good, knowledgeable, they've attained status, they are comfortable, and yet this gospel seems like foolishness to them. Yeah, they can't understand it. You know why? It's not because they don't know how to read and write. It's because it hasn't just been given to them. Does God want all men faith? Yes. Yes, He gives men faith to believe. So our assignment is to keep sowing the seed. Sometimes they might believe now. Sometimes they might say no. Jesus said, I have sent you to reap what you have not what? That is other soul, other soul. When you are not what? 
weeping. So sometimes in the preaching, it are just what? Be sowing. Sometimes you are just what? Be reaping. Whether you sow or you reap, all the praise and glory must be to God. But a fundamental teaching, primary, is that men are saved by the faith of God. You can't join the church by feeling registered. You can't become a Christian by just walking in and just liking the church and just liking the pastor. They're supposed to just like pastor. Just like the ambience of the church. They just like the slant of the church. This church is slanted towards youth. I love upwardly mobile dancing. Communication. For anyone that joins that way has not truly found Christ. And at the end of time, they are in for a great shock. But it's for you and I to present the truth of the word of God to them with simplicity. Ephesians 2 verse 8. Ephesians 2 verse 8. Ephesians 2 verse 8. Are we there this morning? Now. The Bible says, for by grace, something by grace. Now the word grace there is favor. Goodwill. For by grace are ye saved. So how are you saved? By grace. How will that man that is not saved not be saved? By what? By grace. So it has nothing to do with you. You can't give any man grace. The grace comes from God. But we present the gospel of grace. For this grace of God is encapsulated in the gospel. It's called the gospel of our salvation. And this gospel must be preached to all nations before the end comes. Everyone who is born again gets born again spiritually by grace. And this grace we are saved comes through faith. It is every time we preach and God is working in the mind of someone, repentance, grace, faith are actually going on simultaneously in their hearts without anyone seeing or knowing. So everyone who is born again is saved by grace through faith. Listen now. And this is not of yourself. That's why you tell everyone, don't look at yourself. Tell them, some will say, I'm not sure I can be saved. My sin is too. Take the image out of their sight. Sometimes when they keep looking at their past, they begin to show themselves. I don't think I'm qualified. I don't think I'm good enough to stand this holy God. Let me be. Sometimes the fear of even coming to Christ now that if I come now, I'll go back again. No time soon. So let me stay where I am. No, that's a lie from Satan. Listen, salvation has nothing to do with your past life. It has all to do with the life ahead of you. 
So someone said, I can't, I can't commit because I'm afraid I'll go back. Tell them, no, it is not of yourself. It is not of your strength. It is not of your doing. It's not of anything you observe. It is what? The gift. So the gift. So the gift. Wow. If salvation is God's gift, it means no man can do it. Because what? Are you hearing me, sir? It means no action you do can produce it. And that's why the problem with the doctrine of eating communion to be saved is wrong. The concept of doing things to end salvation is wrong. For no man can be saved outside God. It is the gift of God. Not, amen, not of what? Of what? Repentance of what? Death was. You leave every effort you are seeking to put to me. And this is what the gospel is. He tell them, it's not about you now. Don't look at what you've done. But if you can trust the Lord in your heart, as you are saying that, the Lord begins to convince them. He's the one that convicts men of sin. You let them know that all have sin and conscience. Now, let sin be in your lips as a separator between against men away from God. And the sin is not stealing part of it. It's a sin of the human nature. A pastor faked his own kidnap twice. A pastor, his church members paid ransom over him. You see that? Did you hear it? It happened last week in Nigeria. And when he was caught, he was caught. So he, he wasn't repentant. It is the remorse of Judas. If they didn't catch him, they would fix him. In fact, at the point, if they didn't hold him, he would start kidnapping church members. Because everyone is thrown away from his own loss. And when loss is conceived, it brings forth sin. When sin is mature, it brings forth death. James. So sin is not what? It's not lying. It's part of it. There's an inherent nature of every man to sin. And anyone who doesn't come under the grace of God in initial forgiveness can never see God. And when you refuse to preach the gospel with your life and with your word, it's either you are not saved, or you don't want me to be saved, or you want others to go to hell. Because if truly you know that there is eternal judgment, and you are well taught that this judgment is final, and will be given by God, you must be quiet. So then I will not be silent. No, you silent. If you are silent, it means you didn't know. You know, okay now, that would be an example to use. But I don't know to use example, but I don't know. So, when preaching is not pushing you, when you're not eager to live right, to show a pattern, when, when you don't have anybody you're following up, ah, it's a case of, in this year, everybody must have one person you are what? You're on this case. Jesus died for all. You don't die for all. Go after 
one. What are you hearing me? Do you know today in the Islamic world, they send people out on evangelism to target one person? Today in Europe, the Saudi crown and the priests they are buying over churches. Most churches are almost empty. True story. I'm not joking. You know the reason? The people who have been taught the word had died. And they refused to pass on the battle or the age as a priest to receive it. Because secularness has pervaded. Whether the assignment of the church is to be eager to save. Paul said, I'm pressing to preach. But I think that my dead son. If not, he can't say all. But the song, I will do my best. So in this year, you must have one bit of one person that you are falling off for salvation. If you don't do that, your year is wasted before God. And all he was led to do is not to convince them, guess what? Present the gospel. Show them how, how weak they are to please God. How, how unsick they are apart from the help of Jesus. Give them dose per week. When they finish using the dose complete malaria, they'll be healed. But as you are dosing them with that word, let your life not counteract it. By grace are we said to faith. Go back to your chance It is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. So know that as you are preaching, you are walking in tandem with God. God is waiting on you to give the gift. But you can't give it until you are. You are. Why would God do that? To men he knows can disappoint him. To men he knows he has given choice to say no. Have you ever paid you that in this one year you have not preached to somebody? Me, I preached. Will you? The reason is not of man is so that no man can boast. That's the reason true worshippers or true saved people are true worshippers. What produces true worship is the true understanding of what he has taken God to save you. So as a preacher, Christ, putting men's faith on a pedestal with God, you think you are right? Can you equal God's righteousness? Take for instance the Ten Commandments. Have you fully kept them? It says, don't lie. Have you lied? It says, don't steal. Have you stolen? It says, don't, don't covet. Wow. Have you coveted many times? On that grounds, you are bound to hell. Because if you falter in one sin, you are falter on all. You can't stand before God if God should appraise you by his own standard. And guess what? On that last day, you cannot appraise yourself. You are appraised by God. And the only way to escape is provided by the same God through His Son. That's the gospel. As I say this, leave it. When you finish, tell them, I'm going to in the same pray. If the gift is given, you will see the fruit. If it's not, it won't happen. It doesn't mean you won't preach. It means that 
he hasn't been given or hasn't been received. But we want to deceive men and just come as you are. No, you can't come to him as you are. You must come as a sinner washed in the blood before he receives you. Galatians 2.16 Amen this morning. And I'm going to close with this. Galatians 2.16 2.16 I'm going to close. Hallelujah. 2.16 Now, so everybody Someone said knowing. Someone said knowing. That word knowing is the word epignosis. It means Mental grasp without it shaking. You know, we have many believers who God's word hasn't yet settled in their hearts. But so they know him. That is without this, it's not possible. Amen. And if you bend this rule, eh, if you bend it, uh, so say, well. I don't want to serve your God, but let me try him. Tell him, if you are trying him and you die now, boss, you are going to hell. So they know him. Know him that a man is not so they not. Everyone who is not justified by faith in the blood is held down. Even if it's your wife. Does that bother you? Even if it's your boyfriend. Something knowing. In the name of Jesus. 
and he was arrested by emperor. And the issue is, do not cast out devils anymore in the name of Jesus. True story. Antipas, turned to the governor and said, I can't stop casting out devils in the name of Jesus. But that's what he came to do on the earth. We'll kill you now if you don't stop. I'm dead already. No one will say I'm dead if he doesn't know something. You see, the reason we are still doing this now, believers, because there's still something we are yet to know. That's why Paul said that you are filled with the knowledge of this wisdom. You want to kill him? There's a bull, a brass bull. That brass bull had a chamber inside, empty inside. They threw him inside, locked him, and set fire around the bull. And he was born to death inside the bull. Why do you born him? He's telling them, I know. The people that were killing him knew that there's some people who that they don't know. But because it wasn't given to them to believe, they can't. Jesus kept saying, many are called. He means in the church. He will come and look at the church and tell them, it's only those that does the will of my Father that will be saved. What is his will? And he tells the church. Paul said, knowing this, and if this what we know, let us stay with what we know and preach that gospel alone. Knowing this, that a man is not justified by the works of the law. A man is not free by the parameters of the, the boundaries he set for himself. A man is truly free by relying on God. You know, if, if God says you are free, you are free. Even when your body is still acting to the contrary. But the moment you get to your body, I'm free, I'm free. One day your body works, we are alive, adjust. Stop depending on your efforts. Begin to depend and look and trust the word of God. A man is not justified by the work of the Lord, but by what? By the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law or the works of man shall no flesh be justified. I don't want us to have a church full of unjustified flesh. One of the people that caused problems for the Jews in the desert are the mixed multitudes. But how are people saved? By grace, through faith. This morning I'm going to close. And this is the gospel. 
that God made man in his image, in his likeness, that man may praise him and long after him. God made man, that man may align his heart toward him, and man may worship him. That he may abide with man, and man will abide with him. When time came in history, where Satan, the adversary of man, came in the picture and caused man, the first man to transgress. And that first man sinned against God by disobeying the ordinance of the one righteous, faithful God. God is so righteous that there can't be any fault, any, any dirt found around him. And everyone that comes around him must be as clean as he is. Because his nature is clean, his righteous is holy, therefore no iniquity can stand before him. And when Satan came on the scene, he caused man to sin and therefore brought about a separation between man and God for eternity. And God, loving man to the end, said, No, I will not leave this bit of man this way. I will make a way for them to come back to me. And what did God do? God said, I will send my son. Listen, every man on this earth today that is born on this earth cannot and has not the capacity to do right by himself or herself except by the Spirit of God. And so man was condemned to death and to, to, to eternal destruction and damnation because of the penalty of sin. Say, for the work of sin is what? Is death. For the soul that sinned shall what? Shall die. Therefore, every man is condemned to death because man has sinned. Man, therefore, is liable to die. But God in his mercy don't want men to die. Because if they die, men get from him eternally and therefore he wants man to come back to himself and the only way God can do that is God himself paying the price so that he can be a just God and a justifier of the justifier and that God is sent his son Jesus the reason you've left a wayward life is because of the nature of sin but God is sent to give you a new life and that life only comes from him it's a gift from him. But the way to receive this gift is not by anything you do. It's by everything he has wrought, he has done. And we hear the, this bit of this hope of salvation and you put your faith in it. It's that simple. God didn't make redemption complicated. No, he has paid every price and done everything complicated. He has made it simple unto us by crucifying his son. And Jesus came and paid the price. You see, the price you pay in death, Jesus paid it before you. He came and died on the cross. He hung there, folks. God hung on the cross just to save man. He didn't need to do that, but they all sin because he needs to save man. Listen, for those who have been born into death all their lives, they've been subject to the birth of death and of death. But when Christ came, he saved man once and for all. And if any man can put trust and put faith in him, he shall be saved through faith. has nothing to do with you. It has all to do with your trust in God. And every believer must know this. For this is, is a fundamental principle that we'll start with in this year. Repentance and faith. No argument is the only part of God unto salvation. As humans, you know, you might feel, is this fair? Let me announce to you folks, you don't really know what is fair. In your wildest dream, you don't know what fairness actually means. You know to you, fairness is 
when you don't blame somebody for something you didn't do. But sometimes the person that is people are justifying knows is the one that did the offense because no one actually has seen it. So sometimes the thing you think is fair actually is not fair. You don't have the whole picture before you. Amen this morning. As we go in our work in this season, in this era of politics, listen to me. God brings down one and raises the other. He can choose anyone, irrespective of what your choice is. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't make a choice. But he can bring his will to pass because of your choice. But no. You are not called to fight. That's what that's what believers should not be should not be political activists. Really. Sometimes God brings evil kings. You are fighting against God. Whoever wins, let him win. What I will do, I will do. But my faith and hope is not in man. God can change a nation through a wicked king. And God can bless a nation through a mild and just king. Amen this morning. So let's come to a place of rest. But the gospel must be known. So the first principle of the doctrine of Jesus is what? Repentance from what? Dead works. It's a truth. You must know it. For anyone coming to Christ, he must what? Repent. So he must preach the major word of repentance. And anyone who repents, you don't follow them up. They will follow you up. Ask him, anybody you are praying for, and my wallet, I'm not interested yet, is going to hell. Believe me. The word that the hand of God has truly touched, it will follow you. Your assignment is to proclaim the gospel and tell them it's not of themselves. Don't be afraid that you'll go back. He says, he has, he has begun this good work. If the Lord begins the good work, he rewards completely. So you must arm yourself with the gospel. Children, are you ready this morning? Is it understood? So you must arm yourself with the gospel of repentance. So if you preach repentance to your colleagues, to your friends, that means you yourself, doesn't work, but you bring things that are, that are what? Contrary to the will of God. So don't cheat in class. Don't take somebody's method or effect home. Don't, 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 don't take what the parents didn't give you at home to go and shine in school. You want me to shine? Okay, I'll explain to you. In your school, blow wear, dangling earring. You steal it. And then on your way back to the house, what, what do you do? You remove it. You are a child of the devil. It's the devil that does that. So when you preach repentance, you don't do that. You live right. Amen? Is, is that the sense? You know, I've heard the word crush now from my mouth. I know that's crushing. You know what crushing? You're all crushing. The next Sunday we'll continue. Or we'll stop. We'll take the doctrine of taxes. And God permits us of the name of hands. Amen, just morning. Let us pray.
Para sa akin is more. Would be the praise. Lord, thank you for your word that you have fed up with this morning. You are making progress. But as we prepare us for this year, we are strengthening with all might. All might. But my desire is that at the end of this teaching, every one of us will be able to present this gospel with confidence and boldness. In the name of Jesus. Help us with your word. Lord, fill us with your soul. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray God I touch every heart this morning and cause there to be tremendous progress and faith in our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.